Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. McGregor vs. Poirier 3 is all set for UFC 264. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fights, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 58. Can't believe it's been 58 episodes since last season. Pretty remarkable. It's been a long journey, and here we are in the midst of July with a lot happening, a lot around the corner. We have the expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken entering the league. That happens on July 21st, I believe. And then we have the regular NHL draft for the rest of the league. Pretty exciting stuff, especially for the New York Rangers, which uh, we'll get into a little bit. And after that, right around that corner, the you know camp, and you know we'll have you know pretty much uh, we'll know what we're doing in terms of what our roster will look like. I think by draft time, so. Uh, we'll get into what you know our expectations will be for the upcoming season, and there's just going to be a ton to cover because I feel like a lot of big moves are going to be happening, and I'm sure some some will love and some will hate, and and some will just have to will will assess and take time to to see how they pan out. So uh, you know to get into um, just the, the current NHL news, you know obviously we have the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Montreal Canadiens fighting for. The Stanley Cup uh, game four was a few nights ago. 
and tonight will be game five. So we have Tampa up 3-1. I expect them to close the series out, hopefully tonight, because the longer you let this Montreal team uh, stick around, I think the greater their chances obviously are to to pull off a, a miraculous upset and you know this is what they needed you know they needed life and and i believe they got it and they got it from a player who i personally love i'd love to see him in the red white and blue and josh anderson just a a perfect player um gritty uh, has the ability to score goals can put up points and uh you know just a, a great addition for the canadians of uh that they needed so so here we are game five little nervous because I feel like once you get to two wins, now it's a fresh new series. So if they don't pull out uh, the victory tonight and win the Stanley Cup, then then we're in trouble. And then I start to worry. Uh, but we got, you know, a, f- a few more games to go here. But, uh, you know, hopefully they pull it off tonight. Uh, my thoughts about Tampa. You know, again, I know this was brought up a bunch of times in the past and I'm sure you've seen a million posts on Twitter and a million articles basically depicting the Tampa Bay Lightning as being some evil organization because they're over the cap and um, you know they basically abused the a loophole in the draft system to um, basically you know keep a Stanley Cup roster together uh, with Kucherov being out and then brought back in and now that they're over the cap in the playoffs it doesn't really matter See, I don't really have that big of a problem with all this, um, only because of the long-term IR. Like, it's not like you can just throw players on the IR if they're not injured just to beat the cap situation or the cap hit in the regular season. That's, that's not how it works. You have to actually be injured. And, you know, his injury, you know, with this season, it wasn't a definite that they were even going to be in the playoffs and you can't just punish a team because their star you know if let's take for instance that the new york rangers were to lose panarin are they just not allowed to fill that void now they just have to put it put a team together with um you know a let's see what is his actual cap hit so panarin's cap hit is you know 14.3 percent of the total cap so Basically, the Rangers would be putting together a team based off of 86% of the cap and expect to make the playoffs. So, so, you know, that's not always attainable. And you don't really know when a player's on the long-time IR and if they're recovering from a surgery. You don't know what they're going to be like when they get back. You don't know if they're even going to be ready to get back. So, again, you have to build your team according to what you know now. And if it just so happens to pan out that the season was 56 games and he missed, you know, a good portion of those games and was ready for the playoffs or the first or second round, regardless of what that is, like that's ultimately what you're going to be gearing up around. So it's not really like a collusion of, you know, abusing the cap, so to speak. It's just, you know, they didn't really, towards the end of the season, they didn't need him. He was getting ready to gear up for the playoff run, and that's exactly what you know Tampa Bay did. They brought him back for the playoffs because this is the most important time. This is when you need him, and you know I, I can't really blame Tampa. And if you want to address the loophole, which I think probably should be addressed, but it's got to you know work out for both the teams and the league. Uh, you can't have you know every team crying foul 
you know, when the Blackhawks did it, you know, they were, you know, called creative and, and, you know, and, you know, they found, you know, this, this loophole and their geniuses. And now that Tampa's doing it, you know, the, you know, they're, you know, abusers, they're, you know, they're cheating and it's such bullshit. And, you know, the Islanders would be in the exact same boat, which is why you didn't hear too many of the Islander fans crying foul. But the Islanders would be in the same exact boat if all their, their guys became healthy all of a sudden for the playoff run. They'd be over the cap too. So they're full of shit. And uh, anyone, you know, really that upset with the whole Tampa Bay thing, it's just like a Crimea River. It's, it's a loophole. You knew about it back when the Blackhawks did it. It's come around now a few years later. Is it weird that both teams won the Stanley Cup? Yes, but I would argue that both of those teams... Even if you built the team under the cap, would still be fighting for a, a playoff, uh, a Stanley Cup. Excuse me, they'd definitely be in the playoffs. They're, you know, obviously fighting for a Stanley Cup now. Um, you know, if if one of the things I do want to talk about, and you know, we're gonna have a guest on soon to really dive deep, but I want to take a few minutes just to discuss it. Is and I've said this so many times before, but how much different the game is in the playoffs, and you know, people bitching about, you know. There's no Crosby. There's no Ovechkin. There's no, um, you know, uh, with Drysidle and um, oh my god, uh, oh my god, what the hell's his name? Best player in the league. Why am I why am I blanking? Oh my god, this is bad. Andy's gonna listen to this and be like, what the hell is wrong with him? Um, wow, I can't believe it. this is like a COVID fart brain right here. Um, I can't believe I can't think of his name. Hopefully, Economy David. Oh my God, what the fuck is wrong with me? That is so embarrassing, and I apologize. But you know, there's no Connor McDavid in the playoffs. And you know, if you look at you know just the best players around the league, you know, you know, obviously Kucherov is up there and stuff like that. You know, by default, you're going to have some pretty great players because there's you know pretty much a great player on every team. But you know, some of the players that you know lead the league in points year after year. Uh, fall short of the Stanley Cup and you know you talk about why is this right and why teams are that are so successful in the regular season kind of fall short in the playoffs it's because the the game is refereed differently and I know the league has been taking shit and Gary Bettman has came came forward and kind of addressed this issue and basically said like you know I support the referees they're doing a great job and the whole league is going out there they're doing a great job and it's just bullshit. It's they're letting teams play the old style of hockey, and you know there's going to be a bunch of people that think you know that's the way the game is supposed to be played, which which is fine, but it needs to be consistent with the regular season. There's no reason why you have these lines that are so dominant during the regular season, like you know for the Vegas Golden Knights with the stone line, and then all of a sudden they get to the playoffs and they're and they're like. They're putrid. They they can't even you know get a few shots on goal a game, and they look so out of sorts and out of whack. And it's because the game is simply ref differently. The clutching and grabbing is back. Um, you know the game is a little bit more heavier. It's more physical. Uh, they slow the game down because you know they're constantly grabbing and clutching and and the hitting and there's just no calls and you just see all the bullshit after the whistle and the referees are just afraid to dictate the game. I don't know. They must be told this from the NHL because it's so egregious that if, you know, if Gary Bettman were to say, I think the refs need to start calling things, they're missing too many calls, 
the game would be much tighter and you would see the players that have you know regular season success then have success in in the Stanley Cup playoffs but that's not how the league wants to ref the games and this is why you know you have a, a team like the Montreal Canadiens who you know let's face it barely were hanging on in their own division all of a sudden they get to the playoffs and they look like an all-star team because they can slow the game down they have the they they can clutch and grab a little bit they can do the cheap shots they can play the heavier game and you know the teams that are not used to playing that way or don't need to play that way when that you know happens on the reverse hand uh you know they they fold shop and it's just you know it's tough to adjust and not many teams can adjust and i think if you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning um their playoff history especially when they lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's exactly what the Columbus Blue Jackets did. They had, you know, a heavier game. They were able to suffocate them. The stars on the Tampa Bay Lightning couldn't do anything. And, you know, I thought it was brilliant. And, um, you know, how Cooper has pretty much taken this team and made them so adaptable. And they can play so many different styles. They can play the run and gun. They can slow the game down with a, with a trap. Uh, their defensemen are mobile. They they can join the rush if if there's a trap. And there's so many different options that the Tampa Bay Lightning have that, you know, looking back now, you just see how well they're coached. And Cooper has done such a good job with this team. And he deserves a second Stanley Cup without a doubt. And I know that, you know, everyone will, will try to taint it and put an asterisk next to this cup because they're over the cap. But that's bullshit. It was a COVID season. Uh, it was a weird season. Uh, it was a shortened se- season, so the long-term IR, um, you know, ate into the percentage of games uh, that you'd play overall. So, you know, just looking at what he's been able to do and, and and you know, how people were saying when they got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets that, you know, that style is over, you know, they, they're too weak, they're too, they, they've made some adjustments, uh, the stars have stepped up. They know how to play different styles of the game, and that's why they're a tough matchup against any team in the league. And that's why they're up three games to one in the Stanley Cup Finals, and they look like they're gonna, you know, win a, potentially win a Stanley Cup tonight. So, uh, if you're listening to this uh, the day after, um, you know, if they won, congrats, Cooper, for a second cup and two in a row. And it's, and you know, they're gonna be a problem for for as long as Cooper's there. I think that team is gonna be very competitive. He's such a good coach, and you know, um, you know, it's. it's it's pretty cool to see. And, you know, I think other teams are going to have to look at how the Tampa Bay Lightning are not only built, but, how, you know, how they play. Are they are they malleable? Can they be taught to play a heavy game and then play a game with speed? Are they going to be a team that folds when a team is, you know, really good off the transition? Or can they match that, you know, match that transition speed and, and create offense from nothing? So, um, you know, these are all the things that you look at as a Rangers fan, and, and you hope that, you know, Drury and, and now Gallant can and help bring. And I'm very confident they will. And, you know, it's just uh, exciting to see how uh, the future plays out with the New York Rangers and, and how they're going to be built for the upcoming years as they, you know, kind of compete for the playoffs and, and a Stanley Cup. So let's get into that a little bit. You know, there was a, a Larry Brooks article that we touched on last podcast, basically talking about, you know, if you the players that you bring in and with the additions of the New York Rangers, who you're going to have to send out. And, you know, I thought he made some valid points because, you know, the Rangers do need to think about the cap. And the cap now is not 
it's not going to be going up. It's it's stagnant as of now. So you can't really you know hope that the the cap hits that you have today percentage wise are going to be you know smaller than they are in in five years. You don't know that. Everything's stagnant. Everything's you know staying true to what it is right now. And you're going to have to build the team accordingly. And you know some of the contract, <clears throat> Chris Greider, is. Uh, is not as uh, as good as it was even last season because or two seasons ago. So the New York Rangers are uh, are going to have to figure some things out and and kind of be creative. And if you look at uh, Cat Friendly, which is a great website, kind of breaking down uh, every team's cap situation. If you go on to the New York Rangers Cat Friendly page, um, you can pretty much see you know what the Rangers uh, are 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 working with. And you know obviously. Offensive wise, there's there's a lot of room to be had. There's a lot of room to play with, and and you know the only players with term are, are Timmy Panarin and you have Chris Kreider, and you know Panarin is signed till 2025, 20, 26 season, and Kreider is all the way I believe up till what do you sign a seven year deal? I don't know. It's it's late late twenties, but other than that, you have uh, Lafreniere. Uh, signed until 2022, 23, and that's it. <laughs> like he signed this up until his, you know, third uh, third year of his uh, ELC. So uh, even after next season, you have Kratzoff and Kako coming off their ELC. You have Colin Blackwell who signed for next season, Kevin Rooney who signed for next season, and Zabenajad uh, and Strom signed for next season. And and other than that, you have. To make it a little bit more clear, you have Zabenajad and Strom as unrestricted free agents after next season. And then you have Kratsov and Kako as restricted free agents after next season. And then you have Kevin Rooney and Blackwell to round out that those bottom feeders as unrestricted free agents after next season. So right now, as it stands put, you have Phil DiGiuseppe, unrestricted free agent right now. You have Buchnevich. Uh, Gauthier, uh, Brett Howden, and Heedle, all restricted free agents next year. Now, out of that bunch, the last four that I said, Buchnevich, uh, the Goat, Howden, and Heedle, I really do think that the Rangers should make as much room as possible with Pavel Buchnevich. I think he likes it here. I I think he's going to command some money, but I think it's worth it. Him playing the wing... You know, st- you know, analytically, it, it's just he's an analytics m- machine, and he drives so much offense. And I think he's really, uh, really a part of the Rangers. You know, uh, explosive offense and just generating shots and, and goals. And uh, you know, I, I think you know, at the age of twenty six, I think it's worth signing him with a little bit of term. I don't know, like a five year contract. I don't know what he's going to be willing to take. He probably doesn't want this to be his last contract, so I don't know if it'll be huge. But I don't know if you know he might sign a bridge deal. I don't know. I don't know much about Buchnevich and his mindset going into this. I haven't read anything about it, and Andy hasn't really said anything about it. So I would imagine that he wants to be a New York Ranger, but overall, if he's looking for money, he might not be able to make the most wearing a Ranger sweater. Unfortunately. So with that being said. He would probably be moved to a team that's willing to to sign him to a, a huge contract, and he would be used as a trade piece then. And then you have the goat, right? Twenty three years old. The kid's a monster. Uh, he was sparingly used last year, 
I thought he deserved to be, you know, playing a little bit more. Uh, you know, he's a pretty good skater for his size. I think he's only getting better. Uh, he's a right winger. Uh, he'd be solid on the fourth line as a big physical presence. I'd like to see what he has before he's moved. But again, I can see him being used as a trade piece or exposed for the, um, the expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken. Now, the next player, too, is Brett Howden. Now, Brett Howden, analytically, is one of the worst players in the NHL. And there are some people that love the kid, that think, you know, this, we haven't even scratched the surface of what this kid, kid could bring. Now, I hope we haven't scratched the surface because there's nothing on the surface. He doesn't bring anything to the New York Rangers. He is a waste of a roster spot, if you ask me. If you look at how, I mean, the, if you look at his stat line, right? If you just go to NHL.com, type in Brett Howden, and you show his stats for the for like per game, you'll see like all zeros, and there'll be like a one every five games for his one shot on goal. The kid stinks. Now, some people think he's you know he was uh, you know a victim of David Quinn and. Being on the fourth line and afraid to be creative and and everything like that. And that's fine if you want to think that. But, I mean, the kid is getting a shot on goal like once every five games. That's not not being, you know, contained. That's literally just being a bad NHL player. And I just think, you know, he never had a real true chance to develop and and learn a professional game. And he could have used a, a season or two in the AHL. Except the Rangers, he caught, caught them at the right time. You know, we were shipping everybody out, and we needed bodies to play. And, and he was, you know, playing third, fourth line. And then, you know, when uh, I think it was Ben Jag got hurt, he got moved up to the second line. He just, it was overwhelming for him. If you look at him, he just doesn't seem like he knows the game very well. And I think he'll be chosen by Seattle Kraken. Because if you look at his junior numbers, they are pretty impressive. And he is a center. He does have some NHL experience, more than a GOAT. So if you're if you're the Seattle Kraken and Howden is exposed, he's 23 years old. He's a restricted free agent. He's going to be super cheap. And if you want to take a chance on him, go ahead. I mean, it, it's it is what it is. Listen, if he turns out to be a, a 40 point guy in the NHL, I'd be fucking shocked. But it, it it's possible, I guess. He's only 23. It feels like he's been around forever. But uh, yeah, so. That's my thoughts about Brett Howden. And then if you look at Filipito, again, if you're going to bring in some talent, right? If you're going to bring a Philip Deneau from Montreal, if you're going to bring in a uh, Jack Eichel from Buffalo, if you're going to bring in some big-time depth players, Filipito is probably going to have to go. Unfortunately, he's 21 years old. He's a center. I, I would much rather... You know, if you're flipping him for someone that's worth it, that's great. But Filipito, man, if you could somehow keep him as even a fourth-line center, third, fourth-line center, like the name of the game here is balance, right? If you have four lines playing pretty even minutes, you know, 16 to, you know, 22 minutes, you know, and, and those are staggered through, you know, through the lineup, you know, lines one through four, you know, maybe the first line playing a little bit heavier minutes, 22 in a close game, you might want to double shift them in the third, totally understandable. But, you know, that fourth line needs to be playing 16, 18 minutes and just keep it balanced. There's no reason why we can't throw out 
four solid lines and just keep rolling. Just be that machine. Just wear teams down and, and you know, have four lines that are able to contribute and just know their job, do their job, and, you know, be, you know, be a, a pain in the ass to play against. And teams that can just roll four lines, you know, night after night, you can wear teams down and then come playoff time, everyone's for the most part pretty fresh and and you know those teams are gonna if you look at the New York Islanders there were some games where there wasn't a forward that played over 18 minutes and that's fucking balance man that's that's a team that, that you know could win a Stanley Cup you know and you know Islanders were just there it was a toss of a coin and you know they would have beaten the balls off of Montreal they just would have they they played the Montreal's game but 10 times better and they have way better players so um you know, if you really think about it, the, the, one of the most balanced teams in the NHL was a coin flip away from, you know, basically winning the Stanley Cup. All right, now if you look at the defense, Andy keeps tell, talking about maybe bringing in a veteran D. It's got to be at the right right cost. And, you know, I know there's some pieces out there that, you know, are very, uh, you know, that could be a very good presence and just kind of steady the defense and, just kind of be that guy that everyone looks to, you know, that's great. I just kind of wish Truba was that guy. You know, Truba is 27 years old. You know, he's got term here. He's signed through the 25-26 season. He's making $8 million a year. You know, everyone wants that veteran presence on the back end. It just sucks that, you know, Jacob Truba can't be that present, you know, be that guy. And I'm hoping under this new coaching style and under this new system and, you know, we're, we're a little bit more balanced and, you know, Jacob Truba can kind of, you know, just kind of play a physical shutdown game, um, you know, and, you know, watching him last year, you saw him play his best game when he's engaged and he's physical and he's not counted on, you know, running a power play or, or you know, trying to bring, you know, that offensive style. I think we have guys in the back that will hopefully take on that role and hopefully as Jacob, Jacob Truba's role gets smaller, he just gets better. And that's what I'm kind of hoping for, but we'll see. And and um, so let's get into a little bit of what the cap looks like on the defensive end. You have you know Jacob Truba signed until 2025. You have Ryan Lindgren who just signed uh, this year, three years, three million dollars per. So he's signed till the 23-24 season, and then becomes a restricted free agent, which is nice. And then you have Adam Fox who um, is probably going to be. Uh, signing a new deal sometime soon. Uh, he is on an ELC right now, um, making you know nine hundred twenty-five thousand. So you would imagine the best defenseman in the league will be uh, restructuring that. So uh, God, he's probably going to be making around eight million dollars a year. So you know that that's that's a huge hit right there. And I have Truban Fox, eight million dollar defenseman. You know, there's a big difference between the two. Um, but you know, again, Truba could be that steady veteran presence in the back he could be that captain presence in the locker room you know we need that so maybe he is bringing some of the x X factors that kind of makes makes that uh contract a little bit you know more uh worthwhile then we have k andre miller who's on his elc he signed till 22 23 along with zachary jones again an elc signed for the next two years and we have uh anthony potato signed this year for 737 just the, the a veteran, and I think he'll be the odd man out. Uh, uh, and then, you know, and then you have Brendan Smith, who's an unrestricted free agent. I don't know what they're going to do with Smitty. 
if there's room for him, there's room for him. But I would imagine if they're going to be signing a huge contract for Fox, I think Brendan Smith is going to be out. He's 32. He's effective. There's a lot of teams that probably could use a player like him. Um, uh, for him, he just did so much. It seemed like he was doing so much for the younger defensemen and just the younger players on this team. He seems to have that, you know, that goofy leadership role down pat. Uh, I think it's worth, uh, you know, worth uh, signing him if the price is right. And you have to see what you're going to sign with Fox. Fox is the priority right now. And then uh, to round out the defenseman that played for the New York Rangers, you have Lieber Hayek at the age of 23. He's a restricted free agent right now. So we'll see what you have out of uh, out of uh, you know what the Rangers are going to do. Right right now, I think it all comes down to who's available at what cost and what are we doing with Adam Fox? Are we extending him right now and getting him with term and and money, or are we going to let this go into fucking next season? So I hope. We take care of it, and this way we know what we're up against cap-wise for the next um, five years to eight years, you know, somewhere in between that area. Um, Goalie-wise, I'm not going to get really into it. Goalies are weird. They deserve their own podcast in terms of is it worth paying them a ton? Uh, realistically, uh, Igor is probably going to demand a little bit, mo- a little bit of money. We have a Georgie signed this year, 21-22, signed for 2.4 mil. We have Kincaid signed this year for 825. Um, he's probably going to be exposed. I would imagine you have to expose a certain amount of players. So I don't I don't know how that works. But uh, Igor is definitely going to be signed with the Rangers. I would imagine he's going to be making around five million or something like that a year. Um, Andy would probably have a better idea of what he's actually worth. Um, but that's my guess. He's 25 years old. So is uh, Georgie. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see see what uh, they do with him too. All right, all right. Let's go down to a little bit of the prospects. Um, you know, a couple of names that have gotten thrown around. Uh, Morgan Barron being a fourth-line center. If that's the case and the Rangers bring in a, bring in a center, I would imagine that Filipito gets traded. Um, you know, there's a lot of hype behind Morgan Barron. I thought when he came up, he was solid. Um, again, from the um, God, I don't even know what that's called. Uh, well, the interview with Gallant, just you know, he's talking about you know his plans with the NHL and how he doesn't like to put kids playing on the fourth line. But unfortunately, I think Morgan Barron would would pan out pretty well with the fourth line. Uh, there's a kid that needs he um, needs to see some NHL reps, and I don't think he needs to be playing crazy minutes right away but let's work him up to 15 minutes a game you know there's no reason by halfway through the season once he gets used to the pace and used gets uh the system they can be a 15 minute guy playing on the fourth line um I, I think he'll fit in well you know and then um keep going down um you know down the line uh, you know we saw a little bit of justin richards i don't know what he's going to bring uh this is his final year you know there's just a lot of forwards right now that are going to be fighting for these fourth line spots and just this you know a spot to you know kind of you can be a part of this organization because as, as of right now if we're bringing in death players a lot of these guys are not going to be be here you know whether it's you know Padron Yemi, Henriksen, uh, you know I guess Will Cooley will probably be playing in the AHL you know hopefully 
you know, we keep a lot of these guys and they see what they have in the AHL and they keep developing. I mean, you saw what Morgan Barron did this year. You know, he's very successful down there. And when he came up here, he, it was almost like a seamless transition. So that that's what you want to see out of those guys. Uh, on the defensive end, you know, we have uh, Niels Lundqvist, uh, Braden Schneider, you know, uh, in I don't think uh, he's going to have a shot in hell to make this team. Matthew Robinson, you know, there's just so many things that, you know, the Rangers are going to have to, you know, kind of figure out on the defensive end. Because if they do bring in a veteran presence, and it's not Jack Johnson, for the love of God, like that's not what we need. We need a guy that has a ton of NHL experience, a, a leader, a guy who, you know, players are going to walk into the locker room and automatically respect right away. Not a guy that's kind of been a has-been. But, you know, if that player is like a, you know, I'm not saying Duncan Keith, for instance, but like a player like Duncan Keith, who's at the end of his career, could sign for a one-year deal, you know, kind of figure things out, be a leader in a locker room, and kind of maybe be a part of like a magical run, you know, something that you saw with Montreal. I think it's certainly possible with how the New York Rangers are built, will be built uh, heading into next season. Obviously, there's a ton of changes to be made. Uh, There's a lot of, you know, interesting moves as, you know, we're kind of up against the cap. You know, there's players that, you know, you would imagine to get extended Fox, you know, is a Banajag going to get extended? What's the deal with Ryan Strom? You know, what are we doing with some of our younger talent, even on the defensive side, on the offensive side, there's just so many questions. And, you know, you know, I think if you're a Rangers fan, check out cat friendly, you know, it's, it's certainly worth a look and, and, you know, trying to build your team around the cat is tough when you have so many young pieces that have so much potential it makes it even tougher and I know Andy has spoken so many times about this and and how you know unfortunately the way the Rangers are built and what they have in terms of assets you're probably going to let go of a guy or two that has promising and has a solid NHL career and it's going to suck but you know you're also going to get in return a guy who obviously might not be dominating the NHL but brings you that depth, brings you that NHL experience, brings you that stability, and you hope that that stability and that NHL presence and and just that you know uh, foundation in the locker room, especially after this season, you know, you know pans out tenfold in terms of uh, you know what the Rangers are capable of doing during the season and heading into the playoffs, and hopefully. You know, we are, you know, one of the playoff teams. And it's going to be interesting next year as the divisions go back to normal. But hopefully the Rangers are right there, and, and I think they will be. If everything keeps going according to this plan and, and, and what we're hearing from the front office and management uh, kind of holds true, I think the Rangers have, uh, you know, uh, we as Ranger fans have a lot to look forward to. And, uh, you know, it should be an exciting season. So... Again, we'll see you in a few days, and good luck to the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight if you're listening to this, and they won. Fuck yeah, let's go. And uh, if not, oh God, please help me because now I'm starting to get nervous that Montreal might actually pull this upset off. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet.
New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.